0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
1: per order. Additional terms apply. Home and home. Hub day. Home and home. The Jags have one foot out the door. In this case, two home games out the door to London. And the Boston Red Sox, one of the wealthiest teams in professional sports today, unloaded The second best player in baseball because they can't afford him. And the state of our union is fucked. I'll tell you why on a hump day, home and home. It's a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs. I'm home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania, diving into home markets throughout this program. As usual, we'll go to Boston and listen to the angry fans, WEEI Sports Radio in Boston. A couple of great guests on the show today. Sam Monson, pro football focus, will break down the Super Bowl. And should the 49ers really trade Jimmy Garoppolo, who is about a quarter of away from being the Super Bowl MVP? Chaps from Barstool Sports on the Jaguars' jexit. Is it a jexit if the Brexit was the UK leaving the EU? Is this the jexit that is underway? And Randy Cardoon from Los Angeles on the acquisition of Mookie Betts. And maybe Tom Brady, the two most high-profile athletes in all of New England. How would that feel? to our friends in Boston. It would be interesting. A lot to get to our poll question this morning, and we will discuss it for the next several hours. So the Jags one foot out the door, the Red Sox shipped out the second-best player in baseball. Which fan base do you feel worse for on this hump day? Let us know at RDC, home and home. But we start the way we're going to start some shows periodically On the non-football season and that is with answering reddit questions there are fascinating questions each and every day on reddit and we're going to try to answer those each and every day to kick us off here on home and home ross tucker the question is to you sir you have one hour to eat five thousand calories what food do you choose and yes i'm going to be kind here i'm going to allow you a drink I don't want to see you eat just a food with no beverage. That's not cool. So what food and drink to wash it down if you had an hour to consume 5K?
2: So, okay, so here's a couple things. First of all, I love the Jexit, man. That's awesome. Jexit, Jegs- with the JAGS exit. I've got a lot to say about that. Uh, wow. I mean, just wow on a lot of different levels. Um, in terms of the question you ask, look, there's a bunch of foods I could eat. 5,000 calories of in one hour. So is it like what I could eat 5,000 calories of the fastest, what I would enjoy the most to have 5,000 calories of in an hour? Because this is like, this ain't no thing. Like I can do that. No problem. And now that I'm allowed to have drinks too, forget it, dude. You know what? 5,000 calories in an hour. That's called Friday and Saturday night. Okay, with a couple of double IPAs, some pepperoni pizza, uh, maybe some Italian lover's pizza, stuff like that. Yeah, that ain't no thing, Dave Briggs. So, uh, what else you got? Or at least, what, what, what's the goal here we're trying to accomplish?
1: I want the most enjoyable hour for you. The one food and the drink. I don't want the drink to be top of mind here. I want it just to help you know, wash down your favorite food and most caloric food from the guy who ate fucking salad on Super Bowl Sunday.
2: Two F-bombs within the first five minutes of today's home and home. (laughs) One about why we're all doomed and one about my salad. Those are two very different things to be dropping F-bombs from. Mom, hi mom, I love you. I didn't say I'm one of those... His name is at Dave Briggs TV on Twitter. Um, I usually (sighs) wait till at least 9 a.m. for my F-bombs. I kind of save my F-bombs a little bit more than that. Um, So here's my options. And I've been doing some research as to which one has the most calories. But the options in my mind are chocolate-covered pretzels. I could crush chocolate-covered pretzels. There's a lot of calories there, and it'd be—it wouldn't even be like I'm stuffing my face. I would just kind of be eating them um, like like chips, like Doritos. Like it would be free-flowing on the chocolate-covered pretzels. Um, that was mm-hmm. one idea I had. Ice cream. I could eat whatever the richest, most high caloric ice cream is out there. Let's say it's Moose Tracks or something like that. I could do that. I could do a whole couple of cartons in an hour and just sit there. Um, Those are probably my picks. Pick a lane. I don't, I don't chocolate covered pretzels,
1: 5,000 calories. You got an hour to live and you're going to consume chocolate covered pretzels. That can't be
2: right. They're amazing. You don't like chocolate-covered pretzels?
1: I could eat about five of them, and then I'm just good. That's enough for me on chocolate-covered pretzels. Like, I've never, like a bag of chips, I could easily put down an entire bag of Doritos. But as for chocolate-covered pretzels, I'm good after about a half a dozen of those. So, no, I I couldn't even consume 5,000 calories of chocolate-covered pretzels.
2: Yeah, so I've never only had five. Like for you to say you're good after five, I've never been. O- I've never been able to only have five. I would, I can eat them like popcorn, okay, at a movie theater, or like Doritos and just crush them. So, I would say chocolate covered pretzels. I'm a little bit worried about getting a brain freeze on the ice cream part of it. Um, although I need to do more research into what really has a lot of calories and what doesn't. I think chocolate-covered pretzels have a lot of calories. I think
1: you'd have a very tough time, actually, in consuming 5,000 calories worth of chocolate-covered pretzels, but I'm sure the millennials are on it. Jason, by the way, says an entire box of Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies. Thin Mints are awesome, but they are not the best Girl Scout cookie. And I don't know what we're supposed to call them anymore. I I think politically correct, people aren't calling Samoas Samoas anymore. Maybe they're Caramel Delights or some shit. But Caramel Delights Samoas are the best Girl Scout cookie. Hold this on is for another Reddit, another, another Reddit conversation. Yeah. Okay. Hold on a second. You're not allowed yeah. to call them Samoas anymore? But, but I just did. Well, they, they changed it at one year to Caramel Delights. I don't know if they've changed it back. Yeah, and it was some sort of PC thing. Uh, I, I got to look that up. I'm not sure they've Who gone is it back offensive on that.
2: To? It's offensive to, to people from Samoa? People from Samoa.
1: Yeah. Now let me look it up. Maybe they've gone back on it and maybe they've changed their mind. Yeah, it it is amazing, right? Uh, Let's see if they're still called that. Um, I I just ordered about 10 boxes from the girl next door, so I should know. But I just checked them off because of what they look like. Uh, Caramel
2: Delights is the new name. Caramel Delights. God, give me a damn break! They're not
1: going back to Samoa. Anyway, that's hey, my. Hey, 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 hey! Co- I'm <laughs>
2: just saying right now, I'm just saying this is the important shit that we do that other shows don't do. We need to get someone on of Samoan descent that's offended by Samoa's Girl Scout cookies and understand. And I'm not saying that to make fun or light like. I I really need to try to understand this. Like what, what is it about those cookies that offends? I I would be like, those are the things to me that would be a worthwhile 10 minutes to try to get into the psyche of someone that's offended because of the name of a cookie that, I mean, that, that would be some like big time shit right there. We should do that.
1: A Lot of current and former NFL players of Samoan descent. So yeah. you probably have some in your cell phone, pal, so we should book someone for the what? Ross Guess Tucker what? Cell Guess what? Guess
2: what though, Dave? Though those, those yeah. guys wouldn't be offended. Those guys wouldn't be offended. They're not you you don't I highly you know doubt they're the ones offended. Highly doubt it.
1: Follow us at RDC Home and Home. Give us a review. Subscribe on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. Now to the sports conversation and the question of the day here on Home and Home, which is, with the Jags one foot out the door in what I'm calling Jexit, and the Red Sox having shipped out the second best player in baseball, Mookie Betts, and if it weren't for Mike Trout, a -a once-in-a-generation type player, I don't think it'd be close. That Mookie Betts would be the best player in baseball. Which fan base do you feel worse for? Right now, the early leader in the clubhouse is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why? Because they are playing two games in London next season, back-to-back week. So that means instead of eight home games, they now have six. This is a team that is 11 and 21 in the last two years, that has retained the mediocrity leadership of the team, that watched Jalen Ramsey walk out the door. Hey, they do have the cool mustache guy. They do have that at quarterback. I feel terrible for the Jacksonville Jaguars fan base, but then again, I'm not entirely convinced Jacksonville deserves an NFL football team. Ross, what's your take on the JEGS two, the JEGS it two home games in London, back to back weeks? Are they gone?
2: Well, and it's interesting, Dave, because we're getting crucified for this poll question right now. And Uh-oh. it's almost like people don't actually read the poll question. The Jags have one foot out the door. Red Sox shipped out the second best player in baseball. Which fan base do you feel worse for? Jacksonville is at 78%. Boston's at 22%. And Kyle Bond says, this is a serious question. Which franchise do I feel bad for? Hmm, The one with four world titles since 2004? Or the one that is and 38-90 under current ownership. (laughs) Goodness. I got news for you, Kyle. That's not what we're talking about. We're we're talking about based on the events of yesterday. And yesterday only. Which do you feel worse for? And I would say, Dave, it's a close one. Uh, I'm going to go Jacksonville. Because if you are a serious Jaguars fan. Or any NFL team, Dave, you live for those eight home games. Those eight home games, those are holidays. They certainly are in most cities around the country. Those are the days that you live for. And the Jaguars are outsourcing 25% of your greatest days of the year. That's bad, man. That's bad. Even if you believe them that they're only doing it because it's increased revenue to try to help them get a new stadium in Jacksonville, blah, blah, blah. Even if you believe that, which I would submit to you, it's becoming harder and harder to believe that in my mind. And I don't think what Stan Kroenke did in St. Louis or what these other owners have done I don't think that helps the cause, if you will. The Spanos family in San Diego doesn't exactly help me feel secure that my Jags are going to stay here in Jacksonville. So you combine taking away 25% of my eight greatest days of the year and now I wonder how long you're really even going to be here. That is worse than the Red Sox trading away their best player. Because at least there's still 81 Red Sox home games this year.
1: Now, I do understand the initial reaction of some people when they say, how can you feel bad for a fan base, Boston here, that has those four world titles and so forth, six Super Bowl rings. We'll dive more into that Red Sox situation in a moment. But just to reiterate what Ross is talking about, fans are having things ripped out from their grip That is painful. Now, if you are Jacksonville, ladies, gentlemen, listen, all right? If you've been living with a significant other five, ten years, you haven't gotten married, but you're very much in love. You're very happy to be living together, very comfortable. Obviously, you have a a dresser drawer there. You have a, a toothbrush and toothpaste and all that stuff there if all of a sudden that toothbrush disappears one morning and then it's that drawer starts getting cleaned out, the end is near, man. It may take a while, but the end is near. And that's how you feel right now if you're a Jacksonville fan. Like, whoa, the toothbrush is gone. This relationship is going to end at some point. So let's listen to Jags owner Shad Khan talking about the concept of the Jags leaving for London, is he committing to stay in Jacksonville? Listen.
3: My opinion is uh, that, you know, we play two back-to-back games in London.
0: What do you tell Jaguars fans that think the team is then moving?
3: Okay, uh, you gotta remember eight years ago, uh, you know, when I was introduced in Jacksonville, the the rumors were the team had been moving for years before Mm -hmm. that, okay? I've always said this, and I think our actions really have proven uh, that's the most important thing, you know, judge actions, not words, uh, is we want to invest in the area, we want to keep the Jaguars in the area, but we want them to be vital, competitive, and, uh, you know, a force in the area to help the growth uh, economy, the vitality, and bring energy.
1: Jags owner, Shad Khan, on the Jags website. I don't know how convinced you are that the Jags are staying based on those comments from the team owner. I am not at all Now, what he's talking about in development, the Jags are considering a multiple hundreds of millions of dollars uh, partnership development surrounding their stadium. It's going to have condos, it's going to have shopping, it's going to have office space and entertainment. So if they do that, it has not been agreed to yet. If they do that, I would feel a lot better as a Jags fan. This team is going to have to stay. They're not going to pour in hundreds of millions of dollars in a partnership and then leave but I don't think Shad Khan convinced anyone. And my question to you, Ross, is a team that's 11-21 and 21 in the last two years, it's not a true road game playing in London, but at best it's a neutral site in which they've had a losing record in the last couple of years. How are you going to get more competitive losing two home games? Doesn't this put you at a significant disadvantage competitively?
2: Well, Dave, let's start with Shad Khan's comments that you just referenced that was far from a denial that was far from a, we're not going anywhere. We are staying here in Jacksonville. That was a, we want to try to be viable. We want to be able to be a force here. Um, That would not make me feel any better if I were a Jaguars fan as for the London home field advantage. There is none although we need to look up what their record's been in London because I feel like they've been just as good in London as they have been in a home in Florida. So you would obviously think it's not an advantage as opposed to playing at home, but if the record's the same, and I would say this, I give them the edge on that second game in a row because they're just staying in London for a week as opposed to the team that flies over. To play them that second game. I think that probably does give them an edge, Dave.
1: Yeah, I I suppose you're right. uh, Dealing with the the travel and all that. But a home. Now, look, the Jags have been everywhere. Bad everywhere the last couple of years. So to say that they're worse off in London or better off. I, I think right now doesn't matter a whole lot. Whether it's Gardner Minshew or Nick Foles. But they are three and four in the UK. In the last couple of years. And having lost two in a row. So three and four. Now, maybe that's about the mark that they are overall. It's actually a little bit better in terms of winning percentage. Cause as I mentioned, they are 11 and 21 in the last two years, but this feels like the end is near. I- I'm just curious what this means ultimately for the organization. And, and and this particular year, you have got the most significant drop in attendance in the NFL last season, 8.7%. They dropped down to 27th in attendance. Is it going to get even worse next season? Short of Gardner Minshew starting over Foles and leading this team uh, to the playoffs, I think that steep decline will get even steeper. A lot to discuss on this, including could you get this Jacksonville team? Could you convince these players to go from the state of Florida where there's no state income tax To London, where there's a 45 percent income tax and everything in their life becomes more expensive. There There's just a lot of logistical issues with playing in London. And I don't know how you'd convince a roster to move to London without giving them a 20, 30, 40% raise. And that's something the NFL is going to have to figure out. And I don't know how they're going to do it. Eventually a team's going to London. It doesn't look like it's going to be an expansion club. So 32 is a nice number. They like the balance of that. And the only team that looks realistic right now – or the Jags. The other part of our poll question, of course, is the Boston Red Sox. No, it's impossible for most fans across the country to feel bad for the sports fans in Boston. Four World Series titles since 2004, six Super Bowl rings under Brady and Belichick, an NBA title, the 17th for the Celtics wasn't so long ago. And heck, even the uh, Boston Bruins won a title uh, in the last decade. So, but you got to think of it this way, right? If, if you've been living in a great house, wonderful lifestyle, you've, you've had nice cars and nice clothes and you've just gotten used to it. You've been very successful. Uh, your kids are used to doing whatever activity they want to do. You're used to going out to dinner when you want to do it. And then suddenly that lifestyle looks like it's just gone. Pulled out from under you is that rug. Gone. What happened to our luxurious lifestyle? We can't afford it any longer? That's hard to sell to the Boston Red Sox fan base. Owner John Henry is worth $2.7 billion. This is among the richest franchises in all of professional sports in America, and they have shipped out Mookie Betts, the second best player in all of baseball baseball, simply because they don't want to pay him the $400 million over 10 years (laughs) that he might get from the Dodgers. That's a lot of money, but if there's a team that can afford it, it's the Boston Red Sox. And if you're not going to pay for the best talent in baseball, what are you going to pay for? I, as a Red Sox fan would feel devastated. I would feel like Jacksonville fans like the end is near have we seeded the AL East for the next 10 years to the New York Yankees that's reality that's how I'd be feeling as a Red Sox fan when I broke this news to my 12 uh, year old son who was a lifelong Red Sox fan being born in Boston he simply said this Ross baseball sucks I hate baseball now I hate the Dodgers. I was brokenhearted for him because, yeah, he's had that nice lifestyle being a Red Sox fan and seeing World Series every couple of years. It sucked to see not just Mookie shipped out, but shipped out to the Dodgers of all people who have a roster full of all-stars. Now, a big part of this is David Price. The Dodgers are picking up almost $50 million. I mean, the Red Sox, excuse me, are picking up almost $50 million to send him to Los Angeles. They wanted to do anything to get rid of David Price, and they did it. But
2: how you feel in this morning, Ross,
1: as a Sox fan? Awful.
2: Awful. I, I'm feeling like we no longer are going to be able to compete to win World Series titles, and a guy that should have been on our team for the next 10 years is now gone. And if you think about it, people in Boston, as you said, Dave, they've been used to being the haves. And so it's got to be tough to be a have. Not I don't understand the economics, Dave. I, I really don't. I, I don't. I don't understand. The Red Sox are so popular when I was up there. Probably the only team I played for where it felt like the baseball team was more popular than the NFL team. And the Patriots have won three Super Bowls in the previous four years. People were still that into the Red Sox. When I was up there, I don't understand. Like what, what have they explained in terms of the economics? Cause I sure don't get it. They haven't really
1: explained the economics to anyone. And I feel like the only thing cushioning the blow for Sox fans this morning is they have expected this for some time. They have heard about it for the better part of a year, Um, but they haven't really explained and come out and had a press conference and spoken to the true fans about, Here's why we made this move. Here's how it makes us better for the long haul. I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. Here is a team worth, worth $6.6 billion. One of the most valuable franchises and professional sports today in the entire world. It's impossible to convince your fan base that you can't afford the second-best player in baseball. It's hard for anyone to feel bad for Boston sports fans. I think you have to this morning. Let's hear from a few of those fans, Sports Radio WEEI in Boston, about losing their best player and their best hope at a future world title.
4: You traded one of the greatest homegrown talents the Red Sox have ever seen. Best since Ted. Better player than Fred Lynn. Better player than Jim Rice. Better than Nomar. Better than Dwight Evans. You go through some of the greats of all time. He made five and a half seasons, and they jettisoned him for financial reasons. It is tough to stomach this morning. How, how, what happened? How, how could you not keep one of the great talents in Boston sports history?
2: But The owners of the Red Sox are greedy, arrogant, selfish, narcissist D-bags. We're paying $250 a seat. 17 a bear, 75 to park. I say this to Red Sox nation,
4: boycott them. We got a few extra dollars. I feel bad that the Red Sox really are kind of falling into a financial disarray. Yes. Do they need me to maybe, should we support the team by buying some tile for the rebuild? Maybe some grout, some wood? I mean, what can we do to rebuild this team? Do they need financial support?
3: My question is, how are the Dodgers going to feel about getting two players that potentially were part of a cheating crew that beat them in a World Series? What? How was that feeling getting yeah. those guys into your team?
4: Oh. Do you believe his 2018 numbers were built on cheating? I mean, he had a great year. I'm sure some of it came in the clutch with guys on second base and so maybe maybe you know, maybe the Red Sox know more than than we do about his offensive ability. They shouldn't pay him he is not worth Mike Trout money. Mookie Betts is an awesome player. He's one of the best players in baseball. He is not Mike Trout. Mike Trout is uh, Mickey Mantle. Right. Mookie Betts is a very, very, very good player. Uh, MVP and like said, candidate, too, all of
5: does, that. He ain't like, worth dollars million. Doesn't seem
1: like he even wanted to be in Boston. Uh, there's a lot of people who are going to, I think, turn their back on this franchise because... They're spending a lot of money to go there and the team is not returning that by spending it on a, a, like one of the very best homegrown players they have ever had. Ladies and gentlemen, if the Iowa caucuses were a baseball team, they would be your 2020 <laughs> Boston Red Sox. All right. Sports Radio WEEI in Boston. Good fun, not true. Jacksonville definitely is the Iowa caucus of professional sports teams this morning. Kudos to the caller that called the owners greedy, arrogant, narcissistic, let's bring in our good friend, Sam Monson, pro football focus. Sam, does Andy Reid deserve more credit for this game or does Kyle Shanahan deserve more blame for his play calling 20 passes, 10 runs in the second half blowing a 10 point fourth quarter lead?
5: Yeah, I, I think Kyle Shanahan does deserve some criticism, but it's not for the second half. In my opinion, I think his criticism should be the first half stuff The the fact that he didn't call a timeout, go for points at the end of the first half, I don't have a big problem with the idea that they were still passing the ball late in the game. And if you look at the passes in particular, they dialed up things that were open. You know, they had George Kittle isolated on Terrell Suggs in the open in, in open space. He was wide open, and Chris Jones gets his hand up, bats it down. You, you basically can't legislate for that. Sometimes it happens, but most of the time it doesn't. Um, You know, you think of the deep shot to Emmanuel Sanders, A, the deep shot was there. But even if he didn't like that, the underneath uh, crossing pattern to to George Kittle was wide open as well. So multiple routes on the same play were wide open on, on that pass attempt as well. I think ultimately they just didn't execute the plays that were there. And I don't have a big problem with the coach playing the numbers and saying, look, in the balance of probabilities, this is the way to win the game. He's just suffered, you know, a bad beat in this game and a bad beat on the twenty-eight-three New England defeat as well. But I think in both situations, he was doing the right thing. And um, for Andy Reid, yeah, I think he's getting the credit he deserves. He's finally being validated in the eyes of many as, you know, this phenomenal head coach that he's been for a couple of decades at this point.
2: Sam. Uh- Let's get to the specifics as it relates to the Niners offense and Jimmy Garoppolo. It felt like watching the TV copy that Garoppolo actually played pretty well the first 50 minutes. And then as some of the points you mentioned out, some of the plays did not play well at the end. Is that what the tape showed?
5: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Garoppolo wasn't playing badly early in the game. And then just late, they needed him to make a couple of plays and he missed. He didn't hit the ones that he needed to make late in the game. And that's kind of what we said needed to happen for the 49ers to win, because this Chiefs offense is too good. Patrick Mahomes is too talented. They're too explosive. They are going to score points on you, even against a good defense like the 49ers. At some point, you're going to need to be able to match them with your offense. And, you know, if you're not able to come up big in those situations, you're not gonna win the game. And, And that's what happened. Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not like he was terrible. He wasn't a disaster. Um, Obviously, the, the interception was a terrible play, but he didn't play that badly up until they needed him to get it done, and he wasn't able to.
1: Jimmy Garoppolo, 18-21, first three quarters, did miss Debo early on in the flat, missed George Kittle late in this game, which was crucial, and did miss Emmanuel Sanders, who had a couple of steps on a deep ball. A couple of plays really could have changed his fortunes. But here we go with the discussion. On ESPN, several programs discussing if... The Niners should trade Jimmy Garoppolo, who was a quarter away from being a Super Bowl MVP. And Steven Ruiz writing on USA Today, why the Niners should consider trading Jimmy. For a couple of guys, either Cam Newton, we haven't seen healthy in some time, coming off of surgery. Or the name you're hearing so much about, Sam. Tom Brady. Could they get rid of Jimmy? And there's only $4 million in dead cap number there if they get rid of Jimmy right now and acquire Tom Brady. Sam, who would you rather have right now for the next two years? A 43-year-old Tom Brady or a 28-year-old Jimmy Garoppolo?
5: Probably Jimmy Garoppolo. I think, honestly, they're in a similar space in terms of overall what they can do, but Brady's only heading in one direction and it's not upwards. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at least should I mean, he's still a young quarterback in terms of playing time and experience. And a lot of what he's done is very good. So there's no reason he can't get better. And I think he will need to get better because the, the situation in that 49ers team is unlikely to be as good next year as it was this year. A lot of things aligned for them this year in terms of the defense, in terms of the run game, everything sort of came together, even acquiring guys like Emmanuel Sanders. It's just unlikely to be as strong a team next year as it was this year. So he's going to have to be better. Um, But critically, that means that Tom Brady is not going to be stepping in to a situation as good as it was this season. You know, Tom Brady now needs some help around him to be the kind of player that he needs to be. But you would be trading for him on the basis of what he's done in the past and what you hope he can still get back towards being. But that's a big risk. I think the 49ers would have no trouble whatsoever in getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo if they wanted to because... As you say, just $4 million dead cap hit. If they do get rid of him, he's on a very team-friendly deal. Now that they've paid off all the kind of guaranteed money, a lot of teams would want him and would happily trade for him. For the 49ers, the big question is, what are you going to replace him with? And if your two options are Cam Newton and Tom Brady, it just doesn't seem worth uh, getting rid of until you have a better option.
1: The Jags have one foot out the door. The Red Sox shipped out the second best player in baseball because they suddenly can't afford him. Which fan base do you feel worse for? And uh, almost all of you say not feeling bad for the rich championship-laden Boston market. 77% of you feel worse for Jacksonville. Feels like the Jags have one foot, two home games out the door. We'll talk to Chaps. From Barstool, lifelong Jags fan about how this feels. He's got a great analogy for us. Good to have you, my friend. It's Dave Briggs and it's Ross Tucker. You said this is like when dad moves out while he and mom work on things. Bro, how are you feeling this morning as a lifelong Jags fan?
4: I honestly thought that Ross was going to make a tea joke at me whenever that first came because (laughs) they're going to London. It's like, here we go. I got to buckle up. I'm not not feeling great, fellas. I got to be honest with you. Being a Jags fan is not been good for a long time. I mean, since Jack Del Rio was looking handsome in his leather jacket standing on the side, we've had some rough goes of it. We thought we were coming back in 2017 when you had a good defense, a young offense, And we thought that we were right on the right track. And we really were a play away from the Super Bowl. If Miles Jack doesn't get called down in the AFC Championship, I believe the Jags go up 18 and they win that game in New England and go to the Super Bowl. Now, it feels like that was decades ago. That might as well have been Mark Brunel at quarterback instead of Blake Bortles.
2: All right. So, Uncle Chaps, good to talk with you, man. Uh, Thank you, by the way, so much for your service Dave and I, I know both feel that way, Uh, much appreciated. You know, it's funny, Uncle Chaps, when when it first came out that the Jags were going to play a game in London each year, I was working for another outlet, and we had a lot of fans call from Jacksonville, and I was amazed how many of them were totally fine with it and said, this is great, that we're going to get more revenue from this, we're gonna get fans over there, more revenue for us back here, and also my season tickets are cheaper now. My season tickets are one eighth cheaper. I only have to pay for, you know, nine games with the preseason rather than ten. There was not a lot of animosity. I have to think now that it's two, that that can't quite be what Jags fans are going to have as a reaction now. What have you heard from other Jags fans about this latest announcement? Yeah, I mean,
4: just from my Twitter timeline and talking to people that are in Jacksonville, it is completely different. When they announced the initial deal, you kind of look at it, the stadium in Jacksonville needed upgrades. They needed to have the big scoreboards put in. They put in the pool. They did a lot of things in Jacksonville that kind of made – them going and playing one game almost seem a little bit worth it. Like you knew you were losing one game, but there's financial viability and you have all the ownership, the president talking about that. Now it just feels so different. You look at all the different tea leaves. You look that Chad Khan owns part of Wembley Stadium. He owns an English Premier League soccer team over there in Fulham. It feels so different that the team just might leave and you've seen and we've seen it now with San Diego not having a team, St. Louis not having a team. You really do look it does feel like dad has one foot out the door and he's about to leave.
1: Yeah, let's I want to talk more about that analogy, Chaps. I love me some good analogies. And check them out, by the way, at Uncle Chaps on Twitter. Chaps and Kate on the uh, Kate at Barstool. Great show you guys have. What's that feeling like when when mom and dad tell you they're going to work on things? And again, like you've been a lifelong Jags fan. So how, how painful does it feel? Do you feel like it is realistic that they are going to relocate the franchise? And how painful would that be? It'd be extremely painful. One,
4: because I'd immediately have to go get a tattoo to cover up my Jags tattoo that I have on my arm. I'd have to go get a big red (laughs) X through it. I would be done with them immediately. But in 1993, I was in the third grade in Jacksonville, Florida. And I, whenever we watched the announcement happen on channel four there in Jacksonville, we were all watching it gathered around the TV. We knew that it might be coming down. The news might be coming down. I immediately went out with my family and Almost all of my wardrobe was had a Jaguar on it, and it was the logo originally that kind of looked like the Jaguar car logo, um, and then they had to change it. All my clothes were that way. I got made fun of. It's cool. A lot of people weren't into it at first, but the Jags were my real sports love. I mean, I grew up a Braves fan because they were on TBS. I grew up an Orlando Magic fan, but my city only had one team. Jacksonville was on the map, really, in the United States because of the Jaguars. I've lived away. I was in the Marine Corps for almost 10 years. I live in San Antonio now. My only real tie to my hometown is that team that I watch 16 times a year on Sundays. That's it. If that leaves, to me, it really feels like a deep part of my childhood, my young adolescence, is gone with it. And there will be no replacing it. The Jags, to me, are... Irreplaceable for the community of Jacksonville.
2: So, Uncle Chaps, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna rat him out now. And Dave Briggs has been (laughs) since we started doing this show very skeptical that Jacksonville is even deserving of an NFL team because of the size of the market (laughs) and all those things. So they're not. I want you. I want you. Uh, Uncle chaps explain to us answer that question is Jacksonville as a city worthy of having an NFL franchise. Yes, they
4: are, Dave. What's wrong
2: with you? They've had it for almost 20 years. There
4: is no such thing as a bad fan base in the NFL. There really isn't. Even if you look at a team like the Denver Broncos, 300 straight sellouts. Now, the last two or three years, they've been a worse team. They've been a team that didn't expect to go to the playoffs. They are struggling with attendance. The Buffalo Bills struggled with attendance whenever they were bad. Now you can't hardly buy a ticket because they're in second place in the AFC east so if you win your stadium will be filled in the nfl they have been 38 and 90 since shad took over as the owner no one no matter what if you're a Steeler, if you're a giants fan no matter what if you have that record your stadium won't be filled either it has nothing to do with jacksonville
1: dude come on uncle chaps Look, I'm disappointed at the moment in the Bay Area fan base who didn't post in the top 10 of television ratings in their own fucking Super Bowl. That's pathetic. you got to give me a better explanation why Jacksonville deserves a professional sports franchise. Name for me a worse city, a worse fan base in the NFL than Jacksonville. And by the way, 27th in attendance, 8.7% drop. Name for me one worse fan base slash city in the NFL.
4: Uh, the Dolphins, by far. I, I think the, <laughs> the Dolphins are terrible. Tampa's bad. Um, Cincy was blacked out for essentially forever. And all those teams are because they're bad. If they win, whenever you go back to the early 90s and the early 2000s, whenever they were consistently going to the playoffs, that wasn't the case. Even as soon as 2010, they weren't in there. There was 97% filled. They have one of the bigger stadiums in the NFL and the smallest market. Um, I just don't think that any of the teams that, it, t- to be honest, <laughs> Jacksonville deserving no, but they have the team oh. now. Like if Jacksonville as a city, on its own merit, do they deserve having an NFL franchise? Probably not. They're not one of the top 32 teams market wise and things like that in the country but they have it. Green Bay, if you were handing out teams right now, Green Bay surely wouldn't have a team, right? Right, but they have the best fan base in the country. Well, because that's what they have. Like that you're you can make the same exact argument for Jacksonville that you could build something like that, but Green Bay has been perpetual exactly. winners throughout, so they are tied to that city. We haven't even had the we haven't even had time with really with 25 years of being a team to build a second generation or a third generation of fans. Everybody that's there, my generation is the first ones that we grew up as Jax fans to have the opportunity to bring our kids to. That is the first time that this has happened for us.
1: Talking Uncle Chaps from Barstool. Uh, at least you have Minshew Mania, right, man? Uh, are, do, yeah. do you like that? Do you feel like it is a beautiful thing or is it bullshit?
4: I love it. I love Minshew Mania. He came around the last two games. When they first started playing... There was a lot of broken plays that he did really well. That, to me, that's not sustainable. You're not going to be Russell Wilson and be able to do that forever. He's, he, whenever he first came in, he really struggled in the confines of the offense. Like he couldn't get anything out on time, he couldn't find the receiver that was open, he didn't know how to go to his second and third read fast enough. Now, towards the end of the season, he was getting a little bit better with that. So I do have hopes that he could build the, be the guy going forward because he's perfect. If you talk about what Duval is and what Jacksonville needs, it's that guy. It's the guy in denim cutoff shorts with a bandana wrapped around his head that wants to take his first NFL vacation in an RV, not at the Ritz-Carlton. I love Minshew.
1: Have you had a beer with him, and do you want to see Nick Foles elsewhere?
4: I do want to see Nick Foles Anywhere but Jacksonville. I hate Nick Foles with a passion. Hate him. Because you can't tell me that this is about the journey and this is about going home to your wife and kids and getting better every day. Shut up, dude. It's about winning. You got blown out. That first half when he came back after tearing his or breaking his clavicle was the worst half. You could argue that it's the worst half any quarterback has ever had. He had, I believe it was five possessions in a row. Four of them were turnovers, and one was for an interception. It was horrific. He's terrible. Get him out of my city. If, they, if Nick Foles starts, just move the team to London. I won't even care. Just move him to London. I don't want him on my team whenever this, the year starts. I haven't had a beer with Minshew yet, but I would love to, and I would love to have many of them.
1: I don't know if it's so smart what the Boston Red Sox have done. I don't even know how you explain it to the fan base, but I sure know this. The folks in Los Angeles, the rich get richer. Let's talk to Randy Cardoon, sports director, KNX 1070 in Los Angeles. Randy, good to have you on updates. Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker, you now have eight guys on the Dodgers making more than $10 million a year. How you feeling this morning having acquired Mookie Betts, and david price and the red Sox are paying almost 50 million to send him your way
6: well i've never covered george steinbrenner's yankees from a new york perspective but i'm beginning to get the idea what it feels like because the dodgers in in adding mookie betts and david price i mean this is basically turning into a team of all-stars and Uh, You've got some MVPs in there, Cody Bellinger and and all the other bats that are coming around. And the Dodgers are deep enough to be able to make some trades to acquire uh, the two Red Sox players. So, uh, this, you know, it, it cranks up the pressure a little bit. Now that you have all this talent, you have to win. But it's a nice pressure to have.
2: Yeah, so my question, Randy, is how much does this register or radar on the L.A. sports scene? You know, uh, we've had a lot of stuff in Los Angeles over the last couple of years. LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, obviously the Kobe Bryant stuff, you know, being the biggest news with his tragic passing. I guess I'm just curious, in the L.A. landscape, acquiring Mookie Betts and and to a lesser extent, Price, how high does that register on the radar out there? Well, in the last 24 hours,
6: it's number one. I mean, the fact that you can get acquired talent like that and yeah, we're in the middle of the NBA, and we're still feeling the effects of uh, Kobe's passing and all the people on that helicopter. Um, but this is a huge story here. I mean, the fact that the Dodgers, who haven't seen a World Series win since 1988, this is a team that keeps trying to get close. They get close, and then the whole cheating thing with the with the Astros, and many feel the Red Sox at this point. Uh, that still is yet to be determined. But again, all that's going on with that, and now. Now, the Dodgers and the Lakers move the needle here. And any time that the Dodgers do something or the Lakers do something, it's going to definitely move the needle for the city of Los Angeles and their sports fans.
1: Talking to Randy Cardoon, Sports Director, KNX 1070 in L.A. Give us the pecking order, though. What, is it always Lakers 1, Dodgers 2? Where is USC football? And where is the NFL?
6: Boy, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I would like to say Lakers 1, Dodgers 2. Unless it's baseball season, then it's Dodgers 1, Lakers 2. So they can interact and interchange. And, of course, over the last few years, it's been Dodgers 1, Lakers 2 because the Lakers haven't been doing much. And they've had a young team, and, and Laker fans are very frustrated and spoiled, to be honest with you, because the Lakers have shown so much success. Uh, as far as beyond that, I'd say 1, 2. I don't think there is a 3. Then you've got to go to 4. And then you start getting into things like, at one point, USC football was right up there, but they've slid because uh the way they're, they've been playing the last few years. Uh, UCLA basketball was big, and they've slid because of uh, their poor success. Let's see. I would say probably uh Clippers are low. I would probably go Rams, Chargers are way down. Who am I I forgetting? Certainly the hockey teams are way down. Um, USC football is probably in there at number five. Uh, UCLA football, they've been struggling. So it's a big gap between franchises that have been winning like the Lakers, excuse me, like the Dodgers and now the Lakers, and everybody else.
1: Talking to Randy Cardoon, KNX sports director, 1070 in LA. Uh, and oddly, I think it has made the Lakers the least likely sentimental favorite nationwide to win an NBA title. I think you will really see this country pull for the Lakers come NBA playoffs, come NBA title time. But a lot of good news, as we mentioned. Mookie Betts headed your way. Is Tom Brady the next <laughs> signature Boston athlete? heading to the city of Los Angeles, and how much would it move the needle for a pathetic, one of the worst fan bases in the NFL?
6: Yeah, I I think it would move the needle, but I don't think it will move the needle that much. Plus, I'm not totally sure he's coming here, although it looks like it's a good possibility if he decides to leave. Why not the Chargers? They have talent. Um, it just didn't work at quarterback. Phillip Rivers just had a horrible year last year from the interception point of view, tied for second in the league behind Jameis Winston. Um, If Tom Brady came here, he would certainly have a lot of tools, and he would have a lot of guys. The defense is pretty decent. Uh, The Chargers offense, if you get an accurate throwing quarterback in there, Chargers offense could really score some points. They're tailor made for that. I just I just and I don't you guys too have probably talked about it obviously. I just don't see him leaving New England. I, I can't imagine a guy at his age is just gonna sit there and, and jump for money. I just don't see him deciding, eh, I wanna go here. Because you know New England's gonna want to try and keep him.
2: I am interested to hear you say, Randy, that you think it, it would move the needle just a little bit. Really? Tom Brady in a new stadium In L.A., you don't think that that would register that much or have that much of an impact. That's fascinating. Well, because the Charger fans... Are
6: just so fractured here now. They had a seriously tough time dealing with the move to begin with. The San Diego fans didn't come to Costa Mesa, or excuse me, to Carson to watch the games. Uh, The fans in LA, they were lukewarm about the Chargers to begin with. They wanted the Rams, or there's a huge Raider contingent out here, big time Raider fans. But the Chargers just didn't have the support from a fan base. And while It certainly made the franchise more valuable for the ownership to move to Los Angeles from San Diego. Uh, They found that their San Diego fans weren't coming up. So, yeah, it's going to move the needle. I mean, you put Tom Brady on any team and it's going to move the needle. But I just can't imagine that it's going to move the needle incredibly to the point where they're going to be filling SoFi Stadium. Uh, It could. But, again, I I question whether or not that would work.
1: Randy Cardoon, KNX 1070 in Los Angeles with this last question regarding football coming back this weekend to Los Angeles in the form of the XFL. There might be some cities in which I think it will do very well. How in the world does the XFL draw a crowd in Los Angeles when the NFL struggles to do so?
6: And that's a really good question. I think... Keep in mind, the L.A. Extreme of the old XFL was the only champion of the league. Uh, and that said, it, it, we saw the other league, the uh, A, what was the A, I completely forgot what the AAFL or whatever it was, uh, the other league that had San Diego and some other, school, uh, other teams, they did okay, but they didn't last past the fourth or fifth week. The XFL, they're better funded. I think they're better organized. But, again, there's so much to do here. There's so much to see here. I'm not so sure. I agree with you. I'm not sure that the XFL is going to do really well in Los Angeles, Um, you know, from a fantasy experience, maybe. But uh, there will be some people initially that go out to see it. Uh, The thing is, in Los Angeles, you need names. You need big-time athletes, and that, of course, supports your Tom Brady theory but you need big guys to come in and really make a point here and and grab the attention of uh, Los Angeles sports fans. And you're right, I'm not so sure the XFL is going to have the juice for this, at least from the start.
1: Yeah, that's one city I would have steered clear of. We hope the XFL does well, but it would be a surprise in L.A. Randy Cardoon, sports director, KNX in Los Angeles. Appreciate you getting up early for us. Thank you. Anytime, guys. All right, Ross, uh, does the XFL have any chance in Los Angeles? And how surprising was that hearing that Tom Brady would move the needle a little
2: bit? I I don't see why the XFL even has an L.A. team. That's surprising to me. There's two NFL teams. They don't support the second one very closely. To think they'll support an XFL team, I mean, I guess, I don't even know where the stadium is. I guess it's just such a big market. The tickets will be cheaper. It's different time of year that maybe they're thinking people will bring out their kids just as something to do outside. That don't really care about the caliber of football. That's stunning to me. And as for Tom Brady, boy, that would surprise me. Um, I feel like he transcends things. And in LA, I feel like everybody would feel like we got to go see Brady play. You got to go see Tom Brady play. I think that it would be huge for the Chargers. Frankly, if I'm the Chargers wanting to get off to a good start there financially in L.A. with the new stadium, I basically give him a blank check. Because whatever you pay Brady, you're going to get a return on that investment. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home at Home podcast. Remember... You can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com home.